0: Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Zoe, and you're listening to Climbing in Heels. This show is all about celebrating extraordinary superwomen who will be sharing their most incredible journeys to the top, all while staying glamorous. Today, we're doing a full episode of Ask Rachel Questions. Instead of interviewing a guest about their climb to the top, I'm going to answer your questions about anything and everything. Here to help is my producer and confidant and everything, Mary Elizabeth, and I'm so excited to open up and spill my secrets a little more, so let's get started.
1: Hi, everybody. It is Mary Elizabeth. I'm here with Rachel
0: Zoe. Mary Elizabeth and I have just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. That's right. You know those people that come into your life that you hold on to for dear life? Well, Mary Elizabeth. Is one of those people also known as Emmy. That's right. Uh, Yeah. Because when my kids were little, they couldn't say Mary Elizabeth. So they call her Emmy. So if you ever hear me referring to, oh, Emmy, and then Emmy said, this is Emmy, Mary Elizabeth.
1: People know that I started as Rachel's assistant, but I like to say that I was Skylar Berman's executive assistant. (laughs) And now now Godmother. And I wanted to get business cards made. Roger and I actually (laughs) laughed about that once that I was going to get real business cards that said Skylar Berman's executive assistant. (laughs) I still am. To be fair, I still am. If you were to call me and be like, hey,
0: these sneakers. no, One hundred percent.
1: Okay, so in this episode of Climbing in Heels, we have sourced a bunch of Ask Rachel questions. So these questions have come through either Rachel's Instagram personally or our show Instagram. And we are not holding back in terms of (laughs) categories. We're going to jump around to a bunch of different topics.
0: I'm a little scared.
1: Don't be scared. I'm a little scared. I feel like you're setting me
0: up to like throw me like curve balls.
1: Not at all. You can handle all of this. But
0: I love that these resonate so much with you guys. Keep sending me your questions because I really love feeling like I'm talking directly to you and having conversations with you. Exactly.
1: So in lieu of the Valentine's Day holiday we had this week and your wedding anniversary, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I thought we would kick it off with a question that you get a lot all the time, in person, on social, in interviews. And that is, what are your biggest tips for having a lasting marriage slash
0: relationship? There's so many, honestly, but I'll try and keep it short. I would say that the fact that Roger and I have been together for 31 years and married for 25, we do recognize that's pretty unheard of these days. I have a handful of friends that have beautiful, happy marriages, very long lasting. But It's a very hard thing. And I think the one thing I always say is that I think the misconception about relationships and marriage is that often hear people say marriage takes so much work. And I genuinely think that the thing is, and look, no marriage is perfect, no matter what Instagram says, but marriage should really be like the easiest thing in your life. And I think that's the kind of point that everyone's missing. Marriage should be the thing where like, Your other half is the person that you come home and be safe with, the person that you can talk to or not talk to, the person that you can yell at if you need to and they know you don't mean it, the person that when you're sobbing, they're next to you and know they may not know what to say, but like you kind of feel like they know what to say. I think Raj and I, there's a big part of our relationship, especially now between like work and kids and stuff. We can be home all night together and like be in other parts of the house and like, I'll be on the phone with friends and my mom or whatever. And I just, or I just need to return a hundred emails. And he wants to watch like, you know, some crime drama. And like, that's fine. And so I think the key to success, really, number one, first and foremost, trust. If you don't have that, nothing works. At least for me, that's something that can't be repaired. And I would say that in 31 years, there has not been a day where I questioned the trust that I have for Roger. So I think that is number one. Number two. Roger once said this, and it really stuck with me. We really root for each other. You know, we really are playing for the same team. We don't compete. We want each other to win. He has never held me back in my career or anything else. If I want to go out with my girlfriends, he pushes me out the door because he wants me to have fun. I think those are really big keys to success. I think anytime a spouse is holding someone back, that's not a good thing. Right. And I think you have to have your own life. You know, you have to have your own story going on. And then your story together, you know. So those are those are like some of the and don't forget separate bathrooms. Okay, (laughs) see, separate bathrooms is really underrated, and I think that for me, I'm pretty sure I I could move to the smallest house I can ever imagine as long as I have a separate bathroom from Roger because I just think that's the beginning of the end. (laughs) Just do.
1: Okay, how do you keep a positive mindset and stay focused on your dreams?
0: It's a great question and a very challenging one, because I would say that there are people very close to me, Roger being one of them, that might call me negative sometimes. I just call myself a realist, and I think that I play games with myself. I try to sort of expect the worst so that I'm not disappointed. It has really served me, really works for me. I think if you only think about the good things that are going to happen, then at least for me you get really let down. And I think it makes this sort of feeling of failure worse. But I would say that the key for me in staying positive and passionate and moving forward is the people I surround myself with. I have the most extraordinary team. And when I'm feeling shitty, they'll lift me up. And I think it's like having that best group of girlfriends. That's like your extended family. And that's the team I have. And you know, and I think Roger too, and he doesn't always know the right thing to say. Sometimes he will think he's saying the right thing and it actually makes it worse because he's just a dude. But I would say that staying positive, you have to like, I don't know, I have to get better at sort of looking at what I have done. And I also think that there's incredible people in the industry that that really are very kind with me and very generous and very gracious and very thankful and appreciative and and that, and that those moments where they like thank me for, inspiring them or motivating or because of me, they did this or whatever. Those things actually make you want to keep doing them because you want to keep having that impact on people. Right. You know,
1: I think you're a very also positive version of yourself when you're inspired by something like when you're excited, when you come back from Paris Fashion Week or when you like there is a new sort of fire in you that is.
0: Yes. There,
1: but not always there. No,
0: no. And I, I think it's that. You know, I always compare it to that Sarah Jessica moment, right? Like it's that moment when she got to Paris and she walks around in that big tulle gown or skirt, like twirling around like a kid in a candy store. And I think, you know, yes, I think when I'm reminded of what I love the most, you know, I get excited. I like light up. I do. And you stay positive. I do. As opposed to your
1: everyday Realist. Yes. Mindset. That realist. That I would, realist thing. I, but I would not ever describe you as someone with your glass like half empty. No. You're not like that. No. Yeah. You're no. like, this is a beautiful glass. I don't want it to knock over. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> it's a nice glass. I don't, don't want it to break. Don't spill. Don't break. Don't spill. Good Lord. Don't <laughs> it's spill. True. Okay. Next question, which I am excited for you to answer. How do you keep your boys from becoming spoiled? And... Are there items that you have refused to buy them? And what are they?
0: Okay, that's a really good question. And one that I never really had to deal with until right now, because my son is in sixth grade. And in sixth grade, there's things you're made aware of that you didn't really care about until now. And it's like, all of a sudden you become aware of other possessions that people might have and labels and things. And I'm just like, you know, I definitely have spent The last 11, almost 12 years, working tirelessly to keep my children unspoiled. Spoiled with love, almost to a fault. Like I I like over love my kids. I don't even know if that's possible, but I do. The challenge is real because we live in a place where there are tons of spoiled children everywhere. But I really like to say that it's not where you grow up. It's how you parent. And I am very loud and very clear. When I hear comments about whether it's an iPad, a new electronic, a video game, a new pair of sneakers that cost more than anything Roger's ever bought for himself. And I have to check the kids real quick when I say kids, I don't want to say Caius because he's the most unspoiled child who asks for nothing except like a or like action figure or something that not action figure, but like, you know, one of those things he could just hold.
1: Or like more books. Like y- yeah. A yeah. Avid Cai- reader. Yeah.
0: hundred percent. Caius is not doesn't really get driven by material. And Skyler, I think, is very entrepreneurial in his spirit. He is ready to start businesses. He's ready to make money. He loves cars and knows every model and year he's obsessed, which I respect because I think it's like a cool thing to take interest in, right? Like, yeah. So I, I like that, but I am very mindful of what I say no to, and I say no to a lot. And I think that guy doesn't know what things cost or what things are, and he'll just say, oh... You know, so-and-so got these. I love them, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's great. You have a birthday coming up. Let's talk about it, okay? Right. Let's look at your grades. Okay, let's look at, you know. So I do, I will say this. Raj and I said to both of our children a couple years ago, okay, there's things that we do as your parents, which is most everything. There is a few jobs that you have as children, right? You must be empathetic. You must be kind. And you must do your best in school. And if you do those things, your life is going to go well. If you don't do those things, everything goes away. So, and it's worked. Honestly, it's really worked. And they have to keep up their end and we keep up our end. But I would say Raj and I keep a very, very tight rein on what is given and what it's for and why. And they have to earn it. And if, you know... The behavior changes if I hear bratty statements. I kind of lose my mind a little. Yeah, I have to almost like it's a it's a mom. It's trigger. a trigger. Right. It's a trigger, yeah. and then I show them a video from Save the Children or Children's Hospital or St. Jude's or, honestly, like baby to baby videos, and it actually I have to tell you it really helps. Right. Because sometimes I think kids just need to be checked, and they need to see what the world that isn't around them in their immediate radius is. It looks like, yeah. And I think it's important.
1: Is there anything you can remember refusing to buy them?
0: Yes. What? Most recently, a pair of off-white sneakers that Skylar wanted for Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. They were, they're so expensive. It's like insane. It was like an off-white, it's like, I want to say it's an Air Jordan retro number something, <laughs> off-white something, because now Skylar's a collector of stickers. Right, right, And yeah. he said, Mom, you collect things. I said, I've worked my entire life to collect things, and you can too. I mean... And you will The apple too. is not falling well, very that's far a thing. from the tree. And I'll be honest with you. That's the challenge is sort of like, I understand and I appreciate that he appreciates... I, I love that he appreciates beautiful things sure. and has a desire... And he treats them like gold, like things that he has that are meaningful. They're in like glass cases and he doesn't touch them. And like, you know, so I appreciate it. But he's 11. He's your son. Yes. Through and through. (laughs) Yes, He is. Yeah. He is. And I think he'll do exactly what I did. I think he'll take every dollar that he has that he earns. And, you know, at 14 or 15, he will probably spend it on one thing, which is what I did. And I still have it. Really? Yeah. My Louis Vuitton bag.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's I so 16, funny. All my money. Every dollar. Every dollar. Into I love one that. thing. I love that. Okay. Self-care wise, I do you have actual downtime? And when you do, what does it look like?
0: I don't know, Mary Elizabeth. What does my self-care downtime look like?
1: Well, it doesn't happen often. We <laughs> all know that. But occasionally, like very occasionally, you'll a, say- A robe day. On a mo- Monday, you're like, Roger took the kids out. I had two hours alone. Yes. So I think people right. might think that when you're you have those 2 hours you're like going to a spa no. or going or whatever. So what okay. what in your like how can you paint the picture of how you recharge? Okay, you so on a Sunday downtown?
0: morning if Roger takes the kids to taekwondo and I have a window of 9 to 11, I will probably clean so mm-hmm. I can function and then take probably a really long hot shower. When I say really long, like 15 minutes rather than 2. Right, You know, maybe put on, like, a mask or, you know, something like that, like a like a 15-minute collagen mask on my face. I don't know. And probably just, like, not rush and just, like, be in, like, my really luxurious bathrobe, you know, really comfortable and, like, make phone calls to friends that I can't speak to during the week, you know what I mean, right. and just catch up. And that's, like, relaxing for me, you know? Like, not rushing to go somewhere. Yeah. It's relaxing for me, like not having to like- Turning the grind off. Yeah. Yeah. That's honestly like really the most relaxing thing for me. If someone was like, you don't have a commitment. You don't have to like do anything right now. Right. Because no that's one. hard for me to register.
1: Right. No one has to be here at this time. <laughs> right.
0: right. Like no one's coming here. You don't have a meeting. You don't have a call. You don't have an interview. You don't have a Zoom. You don't have a podcast. You know, it's right. like- it, Yes, correct. Like I'm literally alone for two hours. You're
1: also a big outside person, I, am. I think. I am. When you're like chilling and need to mm-hmm. relax, you sit outside a lot. I, I do. That. Yeah.
0: I'll ju- I, because I really like fresh air. Right. Yeah. I really like fresh air. And I also think like coming from the East Coast, like being a New Yorker and then moving here, even though it was so long ago, I don't ever take it for granted that it's just so beautiful here. And like just walking up and down my street, you know, and I took like an hour and a half walk last week. And it was just like, you know, it's just it like perfect. a gorgeous yeah. day, you yeah. know, I don't know. I love that. That's great. But nothing, nothing like extravagant. I, no, I don't. Yeah. Even just like going to that country mart and walking around by myself for like an hour is just lovely. <laughs> it's all you need. <laughs> it really is. I'm pretty low maintenance like that. Okay. Do
1: you sleep with your makeup on? <laughs> because your eye makeup always looks perfect, even uh, in the morning.
0: I'm dead. Okay. So full disclosure, I'm sorry, Barbara Sturm. I'm sorry, Nurse Jamie. I'm sorry, Ivan. I'm sorry to all the people that help make my skin look take nice. Take care of your skin. Take care of my skin. I do sleep with my eye makeup on probably 90% of the time. Not my face makeup, not my skin. I clean my skin before You'll bed. cleanse
1: your skin. Okay. Yeah.
0: I have to have had way too much champagne to sleep with my face makeup on. Like right. I have to not want to deal.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I don't like that feeling. I like actually feel like my pores clogging if I sleep with makeup on. Yeah. It's gross.
1: And it gets on your pillow.
0: Like It's, oh, just, it's just gross.
1: Yeah. It's not the best. No. So you do admit to sleeping with your eye makeup
0: on? I do. Okay. I can't lie about it only just because it's we just We see easier. you in the morning on your Instagram. Yeah. So. <laughs> at 6 a.m. Everyone's like, you're not sleeping. You have makeup on. And I'm like, no, I actually just slept with it. you like, yeah,
1: well, yeah. <laughs> By
0: the way, my mother does too, except my mother, I think, sleeps with like a full face. I love it. It's very like old school. It's, it is. It's very like didn't anyone see like Marvelous Miss Maisel? She oh, yeah. got up she would in the get night. up and get
1: herself all dolled up. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: right.
1: It's kind of you. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is the number 1 piece of fashion advice for people with a very limited budget?
0: Oh, I you know, I think that people with limited budgets actually have the best style most of the time because you're forced to be way more creative, way more resourceful. I my whole 20s, my whole like College into my probably late 20s before I started making actual money that I could like buy my own things. You know, I just went thrift store, thrift store, thrift store, and I found pieces I still have going strong today. You know, I think that you, especially now because of much resale of amazing yeah. things, you can really get treasures pretty much anywhere. And I have to say, like, I'm a huge advocate for. Zara and you know a lot of the other amazing like sort of trend stores because they're very affordable especially when they're on sale you could get like treasures for like twenty dollars and those pieces like you can just mix and match them a million ways so I I don't think budget has to matter that much it's obviously easier when you have a big budget of course but I just find sometimes people with the most money have the worst taste, you know?
1: Why is that? That's so because they
0: Because they can buy anything. Right. So you don't have to think about it. It's yeah. easier. You could say, oh, I want this thing that's however much money and I buy that. You don't even think about it. You just go, oh, this is the new hit thing. Great. Like, this is the new hot bag. Okay, I'm buying it. Even if it doesn't work on you, you know, you don't think about it. Whereas if you're on a tight budget or limited budget, then you have to think about every piece and you have to love it and it has to work for you. So I would say just buy key pieces that can be on rotation in your daily uniform and then buy like, put a little more money into like a great bag or shoes that can make everything look better. And I have to say, obviously, depending on where you live, but a great coat or a blazer, you know, like a great, like even like a denim blazer, black leather blazer, even vegan leather blazer, it doesn't matter. But like that can make everything better. Statement jewelry that doesn't have to cost anything. Can just make your outfit amazing. It's true. Add drama always. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Do you have a nanny or help with your boys?
0: I've not had a nanny in five years. I just had epic help when the kids were younger. I, and you're too much of a control freak. <laughs> am I allowed to plug you? <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean,
1: I was with, when I started with Rachel, I, majority of the time was with the kids.
0: Yeah. She so, was our family assistant yeah. and savior. And, you know, I think when you have, amazing people that work with you and your family and then they move on, you know, because they're great and you move them into like big jobs in your company and things like that, it, it's hard to replace. And so what happened was I just never replaced her. And so now I have an assistant who helps like drive the kids to places they need to go pick up from school when I can and stuff like that. But really like, I really like to do everything with the kids. I know that's crazy, but like my days are numbered, you know? Sky's almost 12. Right. Kai's is nine. I got like three more years of this and then they're going to be like, bye. I am a very hands-on mom. I don't say that to try and like make other moms that have help and nannies because I don't judge anyone. I just, what happened to me was I would try to hire a nanny. It did not work. I didn't like their work ethic or they were always on their phones or whatever it was. And I said, this is crazy. This is actually just another person for me to manage. Ultimately, my kids come home from school and they want to be with me and they want me to make them dinner and they want me to tuck them in and they want, you know, and like I go out and I do events and all those things. But ultimately, like I'm down to have babysitters or whatever. I just I decided over the last few years that I didn't want another person between me and my kids. Right. And that's just my personal choice. And it might just be because I had my kids later. I think if I had my kids in my 20s, like my early 30s, I would need real help all the time. Or I just wouldn't have done my career the way I did. Right. Because it's really hard to do both.
1: That's a good segue into our next question, which is, how was your postpartum with your kids? And what helped you to bounce back?
0: Hmm. Well… I think if you mean postpartum, I did not very fortunately, and I didn't realize how fortunate I was at the time. I did not have postpartum depression with either of my children, which only over the last few years did I realize how serious that is and how many friends of mine suffered terribly so from it. So many women. Yeah. So many close friends of mine did. And, and it's, it's just really something that I believe is not talked about enough. Um, I was fortunate that I didn't. I think with Sky. I was like a tornado because I was such a workaholic for my entire adult life. And all I knew was how to work twenty four seven. So much so that I, you know, that I got like sick from, you know, I just got, I started to like lose my mind. But I think what happened was I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And I remember going to the hospital and walking, doing the hospital tour with Roger, like when I was nine months pregnant. You're supposed to do it way earlier, but I think I waited really long. and. I looked at Roger and I was like, I'm not doing this. And he was like, What are you talking about? You want to have a C section? I'm like, Nope, not doing this. I'm like, I'm scared and I'm not ready. And he's like, Well, it's too late. So were like,
1: wait a second.
0: I think I was just paralyzed with love. Honestly, like, I think I just my entire being, world, everything just flipped upside down and backwards. And I couldn't get my head out of my ass for a bit, like a bit, like a, a real bit. Like and. I went back to work pretty quickly in the sense of like my team was at the house every day and I was working and blah, blah, blah. But like I could not figure out how to like be Rachel Zoe and be the mom I wanted to be. And I just for that probably first year. I just was like, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't wanna do anything. I don't wanna leave him. I, I actually didn't leave him. Um You were in a love tornado. I was in a love tornado. I really was. And I I mean, I don't think I really left him until he was like four. And I took him everywhere. And when I had Caius, it was like I kind of got it down. You know what I mean? Like it was sort of like by the time I had Caius, I sort of was like, okay, you can actually leave your children and they're going to be okay. And you're going to be okay. Right. Tough love is definitely not my strong area of parenting. Admittedly, my kids were not sleep trained. They were not anything trained.
1: (laughs) They were potty trained. They were potty trained,
0: but even that was probably late. But they, I'm not good at the, like, let them cry it out. Tough love is good for them. That just didn't fly with me. So here we are. And it's funny
1: because Roger is not great at that either. No, neither of us are. It's two softies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. in this house it's, yeah. it's true it's it's really true we suck no we do Skyler even Kai had a fever last summer and it was crazy high and his ear was hurting and he's screaming Roger was sobbing Aww. he like couldn't bear it like literally couldn't bear it I was like how'd you like how are you in the room when I gave birth he's like I thought I was gonna die anyway I think what happened was the first child I was shook and I couldn't let go. I had that crazy, like, upside down mom feeling like, I can't get my life together. I can't do this. I can't do both things. How am I going to figure this out and the balance and the this? And then by the time I had Sky, Caius, honestly, it was like I was so obsessed with him and he was such an easy child. He was so easy. Yeah. It's like this little, happy little marsupial. And I remember, like, literally 10 days after I had Caius going to a fitting with Jen Lawrence for the Oscars. Yeah. And I remember walking in and her being like, are you okay? <laughs> like, are you still in pain? I'm like, kind of. But I was good. I was, I was really ready to um, get back in it because I understood that I could turn around and go home. Right. After the fitting and it was okay. And Kaius was napping and he didn't know I was missing. And so I had a weird postpartum experience in the sense of I really turned upside down and backwards and couldn't figure out. How to how to do it, and I think by the second one, I definitely had it figured out more. But I, honestly, like you were with me, I yeah, that leaving the balance, the not wanting to go to things, leaving more than you know, two nights in a week, you're like, oh my god, I missed this, or missing something important. It's hard, yeah, it is. But you really didn't take no.
1: time off I didn't. when
0: Kaius came. No.
1: I'm tr- yeah, I just remember. We sort of moved God. all your meetings to the house. Yeah,
0: or we we moved them. We would have yeah. like the whole team at the house all the time, and I would like do things while I was like breastfeeding, and you know, you just kind of it just seemed more normal that right. time. I think right,
1: it wasn't as jarring.
0: No, yeah, but I didn't. I didn't take a quote unquote maternity leave. No, no, I don't remember one. If you did, no, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Okay, which you should by the way. Yes, you very much you should. You very much should because you don't get that time back.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Next question. What are your tips to help busy moms, women who have a very packed life and schedule feel stylish?
0: I think you have to really think about what you do in your life. I think you have to think about where you're going and what you're doing most of the time. I can't tell you how many moms I see at school in workout clothes because they sure. go from drop off to workout, right? And it makes sense. But there are such cute workout clothes and workout jackets and workout sneakers and all that. So I think it's important as women for us to feel cute. We have to feel attractive in order to put ourselves out in a positive way. And whatever that is, it's like it means something different to everybody. Like, One of my best friends we just had on the podcast, Jen Meyer, ask her how she feels happiest. She's going to tell you in sweats and sneakers. Right. Right. But like girl dresses up, girl wears a sequin mini like in heels and looks amazing. But like ultimately, however you feel your best is how you should really put the most into kind of your wardrobe and your look. And I think it's important to think about, okay, this is what I do five out of seven days. So this is what I need. And I need like black, you know, loungy pants that I can kind of run around in, but then go to the gym if I need to. And then put on a cute like, you know, cashmere hoodie sweatshirt, but I'm going to put, you know, cute slides on, you know, good like, you know, mules on my on my feet, like a really cozy like faux fur mule to just look cuter than if I was wearing a sneaker, right? right? So I think it's like making little small decisions like that. But to be honest, I really think it's important to put five minute makeup on. Like beautiful with their natural beauty and no makeup, but like a little concealer, a lip stain, a little on your cheek, it never really hurt anybody. And I think it will yeah. feel better. You know, sometimes when I see them, they'll be like, they'll cover their faces and be like, don't look at me. I don't have makeup on. So it's like, you know, and then there's people that don't look like they have makeup on, but they have five minute makeup. On. Right. So that's the thing. I think it's like perfecting the art of whatever that no makeup makeup is for you. No makeup makeup. I love that. But listen, if you ask Gwyneth Paltrow, she would tell you you should not have makeup on. And by the way, 90% of the time I see her, she doesn't have makeup on and she looks beautiful. So I think if that's how you feel your best, then don't wear makeup. Right. You know what I mean? But like if you're going to walk around with a hand over your face and say, oh, my God, don't look at me. I I don't have makeup on. Then spend five minutes and put concealer on and put a little lip stain on and you'll feel like a new person.
1: Yeah. So I think the takeaway here is like figure out how to make your routine if you don't have a lot of time as efficient as possible, but like as impactful as possible. What is your
0: 10 minute before you get out the door in the morning look like? Right. And what is it that makes you feel more confident to walk around for more than like driving your child to school and not getting out of the car? Sure. What's going to make you get out of the car? Right. And it doesn't have to be a ball gown and heels, by the way. For you it is, but for the rest of us... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> living on the earth. A little sequin never hurt anyone. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> not even Harry Styles.
1: This is very relevant to an update in your daily routine. Oh, my God. And the question is, do you exercise regularly,
0: <laughs> Rachel Zoe? Oh, my God. Okay. So this is a question I've been asked my entire life. And my entire life, I have said absolutely not. You've done a little
1: yoga here and there.
0: I've done bouts of yoga here and there, but it does not last long. Right. And I am looking for the short, impactful shortcut. (laughs) And I've recently started in 2023, Tracy Anderson, but sort of the abridged version of Tracy Anderson, because I don't have two hours to do her incredible body-changing, life-changing workout. I have done some Melissa Wood Health flows over the last few years, and they're incredible really. And you can do them anywhere, which I think are amazing. And, you know, but I have to say my like Tracy's been great and it's like painful, impactful (laughs) and short enough that I can be done and start my day and jump in the shower and like get on with my day. And it's been nice. And it's like, you know, you go about your day feeling like you did something good. Right. So that's good. So is that considered self-care? Yes. But it's I, painful. Does that mean it's self-care? It's not relaxing.
1: Yeah, but it's good for you. So I think it does fall into the bucket of self-care. Okay. Even though we'll still give you a break. We'll let you watch
0: Bridgerton for the 10, times. times.: 10, 10, hundredth. I've
1: watched it like a million times.
0: I, I'm shook though. Phoebe Danover not coming back.
1: Oh, really? Shook.
0: Is that breaking news? It is breaking news. Oh, no. All right. Well. It's breaking news. It was on my social feed today. Oh, I screamed out loud. That's very sad. Well, it's like no her, no Regé-Jean, What's happening?
1: I know. Why? <laughs> <laughs> will they recover? We will find out. Okay. Well, I recover. Will you recover? Yeah. You know? Have you ever lost confidence in yourself? Every day. And how <laughs> did you build it back? How do you build it back?
0: I lose confidence in myself every day, and I say that. I say that with truth and sarcasm. I say that with you know, just being very honest. I'm very human. I always think no one's showing up for me. I always think I'm not going to get the the whatever it is. I don't expect things in life. And I always set myself up for worst. As I said, it it has worked for me. Part of it's a game and part of it, I really truly believe that. I don't know. And listen, I think I work in an industry, industries that you know, there's always other people. There's always competition. There's always more. There's always this. There's always this one. You know, there's always challenges and everything. And I think it's funny because we were like, oh, you make this look so easy. Or of course you're going to get this. Or of course, no, like it's like life doesn't work like that. And so I think I've lived enough life where I keep it very real and I keep it very real with myself. I lose confidence all the time. I mean, I think I get it back with successes, right? Like with wins. And I will be honest with you that since I've become a mother, it doesn't affect me as much, meaning my confidence or lack thereof would kind of really govern my being before I had children. And I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to get this job. Oh, I didn't do that. That wasn't the best look or why did I do this or whatever. You know, when I became a mom, I think it's when you start to question or you feel as confident You look at those little faces, and they just are loving all over me, you know. And it's kind of like I'm good, right? And then Kaisa will look at me and be like, "There's not really a bad day if your kids are happy and healthy." It's true. It's like they're happy, they're healthy, they're lifting you up, they're telling you you're the best, and like all of a sudden you're like, "Okay, (laughs) like okay." If you see that crown on mommy's head, I'm so happy. And so I think that really helps, honestly. But it's hard, you know. And I'm being very honest; like it's hard. It's like. I don't know that many people that believe they're the best at anything even if they are. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you yeah. know. I think if you I think if you said to David Beckham like you're one of the greatest soccer players of all time or you're no, there's so many better. Like right.
1: I mean, I think definitely your confidence now in terms of work and family life, I would say that like the only times I would ever think of you feeling less confident or not as confident. It's just about work stuff, not anything about what's going on in your real, Mm -hmm. with Roger, with the boys, with your extended family, with your friends. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I agree. I think you, but you're also, you're not good at taking compliments. No. And you're not really good at celebrating your wins, I would say.
0: No, I have even to even better at that. Even though it's nice to hear
1: you say that those like refuel you and that helps you right. build your confidence mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. you don't really pay a lot of attention or give a lot of credence to your no. wins. No. But maybe you do inside and that helps. I don't know. But outwardly, you're like, no, no, no. Let's just keep working. Let's yeah. just move on. You know? Yeah.
0: I think it's because I think it's like a fear, right? Like it's yeah. sort of like a, if you if you relish in that, it's going to go away real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I will say this. There is a different type of confidence. There are different types of confidence. Sure. And my father taught me when I was a stylist, when I was really building my career, and every job I went into, I felt like it was my last. I was like, if I fuck this up, I'm dead. It won't
1: work again. I yeah. am
0: done. I imagine as an actor, you feel that way all the time, right? Like Actor, singer. I mean, everything. Ex- everybody, yeah. And so- In I, entertainment. And yeah. I, I think what my dad taught me was that confidence comes from experience. And I will say that over the years, as I was doing my like 200th styling job, right, you kind of roll into it with a a little bit of a different totally. aura about you. Like, I got this. Let's do this. Right. So another listener would like to know, would you ever offer
1: coaching courses for women?
0: Yes, I would offer coaching classes like for styling, for getting dressed, for teaching, for what? For mommying, for what?
1: It doesn't specify, but I would <laughs> imagine it's based in fashion or in your
0: entrepreneurial life? Yeah, I mean, professors, a few though. companies that do that. I mean, I actually think through Curator, I'm going to start doing a bit of a, a coaching Q&A conversation and answer everybody's questions and keep it real. Yeah, we're um, going to
1: do that for our members coming up, which will be really exciting. You also work with Intro.
0: I work with Intro, which if you have not heard of Intro, it's the most incredible platform and you can sign on to Intro and basically pay for time with any of your favorite experts through multiple different fields. And it's it's pretty incredible. Home design, entertaining, astrology, fashion, fashion wellness. wellness, all of it. It's pretty incredible. So you should check out Intro. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. It's an, and I'm on it.
1: It's an amazing <laughs> app. And you can actually sign up for a session with Rachel if you'd yes. like. Yep. Okay. This is our last question for today. And I know it's when you get asked frequently, but it's tips for dressing a fuller figure.
0: I mean, I think you have to, like anyone else, with any type of body full or otherwise, you have to think about the things of your body that you love the most. Right mm-hmm. it's It's similar concept uh as like being pregnant. It's like, what are you most proud of in your pregnancy? I have friends that literally basically didn't wear pants for their whole pregnancies because they just want to show their legs all the time. Right. Friends that show their arms. And I think with a fuller figure, I very often like to suggest to embrace your shape and embrace your curves. They're beautiful and really choose the part of your body that you feel the most confident in and really accentuate that. You know, whether it's your shoulders, your decolletage, your arms, your neck, you know, it's the most beautiful part of a woman. I love a woman's back. If you feel really good about your legs, then wear shorter dresses, you know? But I do think that things that really embrace your shape are more flattering because typically, you know, if you wear a very kind of voluminous look, It won't be the most flattering to you. So I think just embrace your body, love your body for what it is and wear things that are more fitted. Put a belt on, show your waist, you know? Love that. Rachel Zoe,
1: thank you for doing an Ask Rachel with all of us. (laughs) We'll talk to you guys soon.
0: Thank you so much for asking all of these incredible questions and listening to Climbing in Heels. I love that you guys love to do these with me. It's so much fun. Don't forget to write a review wherever you get your podcast because it really helps us out and it's super fun for me to see. While you're at it, follow me on at Rachel Zoe and at Climbing in Heels pod on Instagram for more updates on upcoming guests, episodes, and all things Curator.